Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Merry Christmas, America. I am Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez, with an S on social media, also known to many of my Levinites as Mr. Call Screener. I am your liberty-loving Latino amigo from the backup bunker, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden at Mark's flagship affiliate, the great WABC. Go! Richie B., you're on the air with the nation. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. We're here in New York City, and I was thrilled when Mr. Producer told me that the great one chose me to sit in for him and guest host the show tonight. So we complain. We complain about the swamp taking over everybody. And our lives, we want to criticize the system. But what is it that we're doing to stop it? There's a handful of heroes across America doing it. One that comes to mind is a real estate developer with a successful reality TV career. A billionaire with a huge building on Fifth Avenue that has his name on it. And he walked away from that very comfortable lifestyle with his supermodel wife so that he could help America. The example is right here before us. Now, I'm not comparing myself to President Trump, but I am a proud American of Puerto Rican heritage, a Gen Xer who grew up in Brooklyn, started my own barbershop, a business as a teenager in my dad's apartment in Jersey. Then Uncle Sam wanted to take my hard-earned money, not a gang of thugs, but the IRS. That will turn you into a conservative real quick. I said, hell no. Since then, I've worked in Christian higher ed. I've been a charter school founder. I've served in state government for a Republican governor. So I have experienced the swamp firsthand. Well, that and Al Gore also turned me into a conservative. But I digress. So what is it that we're going to do to stop the rogue members of Congress that are prostituting themselves for power and perverting our parliamentary procedures for their own political gain? What are we going to do to stop activist journalists that want to sway your opinion and my opinion and promote agendas instead of reporting facts? What are we going to do to stop our classrooms and lecture halls from being corrupted into socialist seminars day in and day out, rewriting history for our children? But here's what I hear all too often. But Rich, I'm a patriot, you see. I vote. Surely my vote is going to stop them. I'm willing to die for my country. I'm willing to enlist in the service. I'm willing to take up arms for this country, to protect my family, to protect my nation. Of course you are. And of course, we salute everybody that's given their lives in service and everybody who serves. But how did we get to this point in our American history? How did we get to this political revolution that we're facing right now in America without a single shot being fired? Not a single Democrat was harmed during this live broadcast tonight. Not a single hair on the heads of the progressive Democrats was touched in this takeover by Marxist left-wingers. 
So let me ask you, did the Democrats take up arms to take over the country the way they have? I'll wait. The answer is no. Not a single Democrat had to wage war in America to take it over. They were able to take America and they didn't use force. The plot against President Trump in the 2016 election was done completely by trickery. They didn't use force. How is it that Democrats have amassed so much power anyway? Nearly complete control of colleges, universities, and public school classrooms. Nearly complete control of local, state, and federal bureaucracies in our governments. And they've hijacked the media to fundamentally change America through their social activism journalism. How did we get here? In a word, I would say apathy. We the people have become apathetic. We're willing to sit back and run our businesses, run our restaurants, drive a truck, drive a bus. We're minding our business while being industrious. And they're taking over all of these important institutions. All of this is happening in our government. Our founders were the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. The framers were preachers, everyday people that made up our government. We need to get back to that. We, the people of the United States of America, have a government of the people, for the people, by the people. Today, you and so many others that are listening to this program right now, we've relinquished our government to one political party or another. That is what has to stop. This government does not belong to the Republican Party. This government does not belong to the Democrat Party. This government does not belong to the bureaucrats that feel that they can unilaterally run it however they like. This is our government. It belongs to us. We, the people of the United States, this is our government. These are our classrooms. And while they may be private businesses, these are colleges and universities and newsrooms and newspapers, these institutions, they exist for us. And it's time that we take them back. So for all of you that are willing to die for America and take up arms, rest assured that we have a capable military and a capable commander-in-chief that can do that. What we need now is to enlist the citizenry to do our part and more. We, the people, need to step up and serve in the intellectual battlefield where we're actually having an ideological cold war, where tyranny is encroaching on our liberties and our very rights that are given to us by God. The government is taking away our God-given rights, and they're getting further and further away from us. Remember, not a single shot was fired for the Democrats to take over the House of Representatives in 2018. Not a single shot was fired for Pelosi, Nadler, Schiff to concoct their latest scheme to circumvent the Constitution and impeach the president. Not a single shot was fired for Comey and Stroke and the rest of the cabal to cook up that Mueller report scheme. Not a single shot. Our country's traditions and our future is hanging in the balance, but it's still within reach. The question is, will American patriots do what has to be done to win back our classrooms? to win back our media, and to win back our government. We are in the middle of a political revolution. 
Not a physical one, an ideological one. And of course, we'll always support our right to have arms and muskets. But in this revolution, the muskets aren't necessary to fight on the intellectual battlefield because not a single shot has been fired. Progressive left-wingers have been hard at work taking away America from you and from me for more than three decades. We have been sitting on the sidelines watching them do it because we've been minding our business. When are we going to stop minding our business like our president Donald Trump did and say, I'm bringing this fight to the White House? While we've been minding our business, a young Bernie Sanders has been hard at work mentoring a new generation of socialists. While we were minding our business, AOC has built a massive platform. AOC, who I like to criticize and say her policies are all out crazy. AOC. She hates capitalism. AOC. It's an attack on capitalism. It's a massive pseudo-progressive left-wing platform that AOC, against our Constitution, is hoping to abolish the entire Electoral College. It's a platform that ignores the dangers of illegal immigration and chooses AOC, aliens over citizens. You tell me, is this platform AOC all out crazy? Of course it is. So when will we stop minding our business and do what it takes to win back everything that's been taken from us by the left? You know... In saying that, it reminds me of a saying that my dad used to tell me. He was an old school Puerto Rican dude. And he used to tell me, El que no cuida su tienda, se lo va a cuidar otro. Which means if you don't mind your bodega or your shop, your store, someone else will. So I've got news for you. Trump can't do it by himself. We have to support him. Talk radio isn't going to do it. By itself. Casting your vote in every single election isn't going to do it. This is an effort that must go beyond the ballot box. The only way we save America is by becoming active right now. Changing our tactics right now. We have to get America back to raising a new generation of patriots. Again, my name is Rich Valdez. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and then I moved to Jersey. My parents were born on American soil in Puerto Rico. And just as an FYI, Puerto Ricans have fought in every single war since 1812. I grew up speaking English. And I attended New York City public schools. That's pretty American. (laughs) I'd like to say it's as American as the Statue of Liberty, even though technically she came from France. But I learned to speak Spanish because I had a business. And that was an experience that I had to adapt to. So pull up a chair, turn your volume up, and listen to what we're about to get into tonight. Second Amendment Sanctuary Cities. The cost of not assimilating for Latinos here in America. And yes, according to Politico, AOC might be running not just for me, but for president. So join the show. Our phone number is 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. 
You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I'm Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on Twitter. Mark Levin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College, and to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on Twitter. And I'm looking at an article that Mr. Producer, big shout out to Rich Cementa, super producer, Mr. Producer. And today, Madame Call Screener, Jen Ramirez. Thank you both for doing an excellent job thus far. And I say thus far because we got a lot to go. But... Check this out. He hands me this article that I had saw, I'd seen in an email from Curtis Sliwa, a good friend of mine here at WBC Radio, and he um, prints it out for me. It says AOC for president, and it's a political story. Now, it's interesting because she's headlining rallies for Bernie Sanders, and I find it fascinating because, of course, she's a polarizing figure, and AOC is all out crazy, right? Her policies are all over the place. But it's what the chair or the president of the Democrat Party said, uh, the local chair, uh, where, where they were doing the rally. And he, he said that he, she is the future of the party. And I thought to myself, as much as I don't want to agree, she is. She's not the future. She's become the face of the party. So she and the squad and the rest of Bernie's acolytes will be the future if we don't get to work beyond the ballot box. But my question, you know, that goes right into my head is, what is it that AOC has done for the Bronx? What is it that AOC has done for Queens? What is it that AOC has done to stop human trafficking? Nothing, nada, cero. Yet she has the ballistic gall to insinuate that America is a fascist nation. Check this out. And we're here to say that what we're living in right now is not an advanced society. A society that allows people... It is fascism. What we have, what we're... Now, the lady, she, she shouts out to AOC, America's a fascist country. And then she goes back into her um, preaching. Go ahead. And so... Thank you. Thank you. And so one of the things. Thank you. And that's the work that we're committed to. And so what we have to do is admit and say, say, use the words that 
Sorry, I'm a little thrown off, but I'm 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 coming back here. I'm coming. I'm recentering, guys. <laughs> and so, what we gotta do is to say that a nation that allows people to die because they can't afford their insulin is not an advanced nation. So we're not an advanced nation. Meanwhile, we've got the biggest economy by far. But we're not an advanced nation. Now, I like this cut because it's a perfect example of how AOC ignores everything that's good about America just to focus on how she can hang her hat on one thing and try to promote her agenda. And in this case, it's the fact that the government is not everybody's daddy. It's the fact that the government isn't paying for everybody's health care and in charge of our health decisions. That, to me, isn't acceptable. And it shouldn't be to you either. But wait till we play what you're going to hear next. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on Twitter. Let's hit that next cut. So I'm here to say and to tell you, when someone asks you, how are we going to pay for it? The question is not that. The question is not how are we going to pay for it? The question is how do we want to pay for it? Do we want a wealth tax? Do we want a Wall Street transaction tax? Do we want to treat our lives as equal in value to how much we treat our military budget? as Dr. King said, are moral documents. Budgets are moral documents. They tell us, dollar and dime, how much we value ourselves and our priorities in that order. And what this campaign is about is a radical realignment of our priorities in the United States of America. (laughs) So budgets are moral documents. How are we going to pay for it? She already told you. Who's the real fascist here? She's telling you, you're paying no matter what. No matter what you do, you're going to pay. Our phone number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I'm Rich Valdez. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat. So its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. 
Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez, and if you're enjoying this and you enjoy the Mark Levin Show, you can always download the Mark Levin Show from Apple iTunes or from the Mark Levin Show app. You can get that at marklevinshow.com where you can listen online anytime. And if you're in the mood to listen to podcasts, you're welcome to check out This Is America with yours truly, uh, also at available through any uh, podcast provider. And that's This is America with Rich Valdez, and you can learn more about that at richvaldez.com, Rich Valdez with an S. But we were talking about AOC right before we, um, we uh, broke for break. And while she's out there hitting the pavement, she's promoting Bernie. But this article in politico.com is saying that she's really promoting herself, setting the stage for a future presidential run. And that's interesting. And I'm going to read you from the article. It says, real quick, Jim Weaver, Sanders' longtime advisor, didn't directly respond. But he did take the opportunity to heap tons of praise on her, saying AOC is a leader in the progressive movement. She's broadly popular, frankly, among Democratic voters. She's particularly strong with young voters and voters of color. She's an important national voice adding her weight to the political revolution. And it's a real coup for us. A, a real coup, that is the truth. <laughs> we, we're facing so many different types of coups in this country, it's ridiculous. And, and I laugh because, you know, everybody thinks that being that this is the third largest conservative talk radio show in America and the ninth most listened to radio show in America overall, that we would have cutting edge everything. But right now they're doing air conditioning work and we've got no AC and it is hot in here. So I just wanted to share that with you. If you hear little drops of sweat, bing, on the microphone, that's me. Now, speaking of AOC and speaking of uh, they're saying woman of color, they're talking about her being a Hispanic. And what's interesting uh, about Hispanics is that we're not monolithic. Take her and I, for example. We disagree, I I would say, probably on just about everything. But why and how, right? So I think it's important for us to realize that Latinos, Hispanics, they bring a lot to the table in many different ways. And in particular, as a voting block. So thinking of Latinos as a voting block, Obviously, we're talking about people that are either born in this country for a second generation, Latinos that are Americans or new Americans that applied for citizenship. And I was reading uh, an article and it's a really good article. and It's a pretty long one uh, because it's a study uh, from JustFacts.com and it's by uh, James Agresti from JustFacts.com. It just came out just about a week ago and it goes like this. Early in 2019, there was a firestorm of criticism descending upon veteran journalist Tom Brokaw because he said on NBC's Meet the Press that Hispanics should work harder at assimilation and shouldn't isolate themselves in their communities. 
Now, NBC condemned his comments as inaccurate and inappropriate. Media outlets ran articles and editorials calling them racist and factually wrong, and Brokaw apologized, succumbing to the media mob. But contrary to the blowback against Brokaw, there's scholarly sources like this one that I'm reading from JustFacts.com that shows that modern Latino immigrants are not assimilating like previous generations of immigrants. Now, that's important because if you're going to be in America, and I'm not part of the America, it's speak English crowd, right? You know, I believe this is America. You speak whatever you want to speak because I believe in liberty. But I do believe if you're going to reject speaking English in America, you're going to be at a tremendous disadvantage. Furthermore, this is having uh, negative economic impacts on them and the nation at large. These facts have nothing to do with race, everything to do with factors that can foster or impede economic prosperity. So in the midst of the media berating Brokaw's remarks, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists claimed that asserting that this U.S. melting pot concept is no longer something we should be proud of. And it's disinforming people. It's disinformation the way the U.S. has always had immigrants as a part of mixture of races and classes and religious beliefs. And, it, you know, they gave their canned response. But the crux of everything that's going on in this article, which I think, you know, is worth taking a look at, is that there's data. There's data that supports the idea that if you don't assimilate, it will cost you money. So check this out. One of the main drivers of productivity is communication, right? So it enables people to share information, work together more effectively. A 2014 study by the Brookings Institution found that workers with limited English proficiency earn 25 to 40% less than their English proficient counterparts. It also found that high-skilled immigrants who are not proficient in English are twice as likely to work in unskilled jobs. For example, those requiring low levels of education or training and those who are as opposed to those who are proficient in English. Now, this is a big thing because in a 2017 analysis by the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine, they found that male immigrants who entered the U.S. between 85 and 89 and then again from 95 to 99 made significantly less progress learning to speak English than those who entered between 1975 and 1979, which is my, my, uh, my generation, my parents' generation. So I find that interesting that this lack of being able to communicate is directly correlated to making money. And of course, it makes sense on its face. No question. But this uh, study goes into a lot of different facts. 2015 paper in the Journal of Human Capital says that the media is spreading the opposite belief by appealing to a source that distorts other sources. For example, the Washington Post in 2015 reported that the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine claim that today's immigrants are actually learning English faster than their predecessors. In turn, this report cites a 2006 book that doesn't show that. <laughs> and, that, you know, it's funny. I'm going to stop right there because something similar happened to me today. I'm scrolling through Twitter, as I occasionally do, and I have a rule for Twitter. It's don't feed the trolls because they'll come back. But I break the rule every now and again. So 
I tweeted something. I think I tagged the president or I responded to something the president said. And somebody trolls me and says, you know, oh, nice try, but the economy's not really doing good. The middle class, the middle class is shrinking. So I, I think to myself, hmm, let me take a look at this article. It's from the Brookings Institution. So left-leaning, but, you know, typically uh, relatively smart people there. So I say, okay, great. Let me take a look. I take a look, and it's an analysis, a study that is longitudinal between 1979 and 2016. Now, you don't have to be a PhD to understand that Trump won at the end of 16 and took office in 2017. So anything looking at economic growth shrinking between 79 and 2017 doesn't have anything to do with Trump. So I write back to the guy and I tell him, look, this is moronic. You, you sit here and try to cite that the economy is shrinking using data that's A, old, and B, doesn't even support the thesis that you're making. He comes back with all sorts of craziness, but that's exactly what they're saying here, that the WAPO article was saying that immigrants are assimilating faster, but the data that they use to cite their source proves the absolute antithesis of what they're saying. This is what's happening with journalism today all too often. And this is what Mark Levin talks about in Unfreedom of the Press. And if you don't have it, you should go on Amazon.com and get a copy of Unfreedom of the Press by Mark Levin. He talks about and really systematically breaks it down from the history to the practical application of how and why people in the media are using social activism to promote an agenda as opposed to actually reporting the news and how these things came about, you know, from our very beginnings. So it's, it's a really good read. But the reality here is, and the question I want to ask our many callers and our many listeners is, do Hispanics benefit by assimilating into American culture? Is learning English good for you? This article from JustFacts.com says, yes, it, it does, that we need to not reject the melting pot. So let me know. I want to go to the phones. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. And I'd like to speak with Moses in Long Island. You're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, what's going on, Rich? My guy. What's going on, brother? Let's talk, brother. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Talk Likewise. To you. Uh, what's on your mind? I just want... Let me, let me tell you, first of all, you're killing it, man. Your, your intro was amazing. Oh, thank you. Right on the money. I have a great mentor. Um, a few of them. <laughs> I, I appreciate All right, man. Well, let me, let me touch on one topic that's close to home to both of us, man. And it's the, uh, the Hispanic vote, the Hispanic community. Okay. I think it's kind of going to be a secret weapon. Um, the Democrats, either they don't get it or I don't know what it is, man. But they, when, they, when they allow or when they... Um, how do you say when they push this agenda of open borders, I don't think they realize that they're that maybe they do, but they are affecting Hispanic communities the most and not in a positive way. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's our communities that these drugs come into more than any other communities, our communities that get affected by these gang members that, that come through. I'm not accusing all of them of being that of course not, but our communities get hit the hardest on the negative aspect with with the our jobs get taken, you get what I'm saying? Like they, and they and they, I think they're sleeping on the Hispanic vote, 
because it, and the way this started out, you know, another thing that should be really, really should be pointed out is that. Well, before you bring up the next point, I, I think you're right. I think that there has been. And again, I can't prove it with any study from anywhere because we're in 2019 and there probably isn't any data to support it. But I do believe I mean, I talk to people you know, when I was in the Christie administration. Um, I met Sandra Benitez. She was moving and shaking with the New Jersey GOP. She's down in Washington. She was doing her thing with the uh, RNC. Now she's the executive director of Latinos for Trump. And they are moving and shaking. They are turning things upside down. So, yes, I do believe you when you say that Hispanics may be part of the secret weapon as as well as African-Americans. But go ahead. What's your second point, Moses? I, I no, you're right on the money. That brings me to my second point. The second point is exactly what you were touching on. We have to get out there for the Hispanic brothers and sisters out there that are Trump supporters. You got to get out there and do more than vote. Okay, let me just give you my family as an example, because when when you talk about Univision and Telemundo, we're also talking about big time fake news on that agenda on that side, too. And and if you're not, they're only getting information from one side. But on my family, they started out this Trump administration, you know, on the same aspect as most of a, a lot of the liberals with believing the fake news until I came out and I opened and I and I showed them the other side. And I said to them, easy point. Hispanic communities, we're not about we're we're very pro-life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you bring up a, a great point, not just pro-life, but the reason so many Hispanic families are pro-life is because Hispanics, by and large, surround their lifestyle in faith, so many of us are Catholic, many of us are Protestant, so faith is a big part. Hard work and entrepreneurship is another part. And, and these things, I think, jibe so well with the conservative message, the conservative movement. Absolutely, man. So I just wanted to say that to everybody. It, it, trust me, man, if you put the word out there, I believe if you, you could, it's easy. It's really easy to open the, the, your, your Hispanic family members' eyes to the reality. And just show them the points. Go through the points with them because my family started out very anti-Trump due to the news they were watching. And now I literally, everybody except for one uncle is going to go and vote for Trump this time around. And it's because they never had the information. They only had Jorge Ramos sitting there feeding them, you know, George Soros agenda type stuff. And, and, and Well said, it, it really brother. Is. I think you're spot on. And we're going to get into a little bit of George Soros later. And you're right. I do believe that as more people learn about what 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 it is that really is going on and put labels aside, they realize, you know what, these are the things I believe. This president seems to be leading the way on the things that I believe. And that's truly what I think makes a difference in an election and in life in general. So I appreciate the call, Moses. Again, our phone number, 877-381-3811. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on Twitter. Mark Levin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles. 
learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right, America, welcome back. This is the Mark Levin Show. My name is Rich Valdez. Many of you know me as Mr. Call Screener from the Mark Levin Show. And we are talking about why the Democratic Party is the enemy of Hispanic American voters. And we're going to be getting to your calls and impeachment coming up soon. But right now, I want to take a moment to acknowledge a radio legend. I'm sitting right now, this very second, in the chair that's been occupied by so many legendary radio hosts, uh, not the least of which is the great one, Mark Levin, but those that have gone before us, like Bob Grant and Don Imus. And it is with a heavy heart that I announce that legendary host Don Imus has passed away at the age of 79. Controversial radio personality Don Imus, host of Imus in the Morning, passed away this morning at Baylor Scott and White Medical Center in College Station, Texas. He was a legendary radio personality. He hosted, obviously, his own radio show, Imus in the Morning, for nearly 50 years. And he has passed away at the age of 79. The cause of death has not been shared with the public, but Don Imus is survived by his wife of 25 years, Deirdre, and their sons, Wyatt and Lieutenant Zachary Don Cates. So with that said, uh, we um, obviously tip our hat to Don Imus, a legend in this game, and we go to your calls as we... Get ready for hour number two of the Mark Levin Show. Let's go to Los Angeles, California. My man or woman, Ruiz. You're on with hey, Rich Valdez. On. Hey, come on, brother. How you doing? Hey, brother. What's going on? Que se cuenta? <laughs> this is a real man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, I like your show, and you are totally right. Um, I got here on 1975, and the first thing I did was, uh, you know, try to speak English and uh, learn the culture, uh, the American culture, and, of course, be part of the American dream. And I feel ashamed of all the Latinos who are part of the liberal, democrat, socialist, corruption marches. You know, they are using Latinos for their own purpose. You know, they have been turned this country into third-world country politicians, Thank you, Ruiz. You are 100% right. We appreciate you coming from El Salvador, doing it the right way. And when we come back, again, we're going to be getting into why, what's going on with impeachment, plus more on this issue. I'm Rich Valdez, in for the great one. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right. Merry Christmas, America. It is Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S on social media. Also known as Mr. Call Screener, your liberty-loving Latino amigo from the backup bunker, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, here at Mark's flagship affiliate, the great WABC, here in New York City. And I was thrilled when Mr. Producer told me that Mark chose me to sit in, so I'm happy to be here with you guys. And our phone number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811 for the libs. Now... We talked a lot about a lot of things in the previous hour, and we're going to continue to talk about why Democrats um, are probably the one of the biggest enemies that Hispanics and Latinos have here in America. But what I want to talk about right now is how our Constitution is under attack, how an illegal, illicit, secret spy court was used as the basis to attack a sitting president. And how eventually this evolved into an impeachment fiasco. Now, earlier this year, I sat down with the great one, Mark Levin, on my own show, This Is America with Rich Valdez, a podcast that is available at WABC Radio and wherever fine podcasts are found. And Mark had some really interesting thoughts on FISA. And I'm, I'm thinking of that because that was back in March. But I'm discussing it because I'm looking at an article that we just printed out today. FISA court review order leaves out key FBI players that were implicated in the uh, Horowitz report. So it seems that the cover up with Horowitz continues with this FISA mess. Now, earlier in the month, the secret FISA court ordered the FBI to verify all previous warrants uh, for, or applications for warrants that involved F- the FBI attorney who falsified evidence against the former Trump campaign aide, Mr. Carter Page. However, and I'm reading you from uh, foxnews.com, Fox News has learned that the court did not order the FBI to double-check the warrant applications involving other officials who made key omissions and errors with these warrant applications. So now... The excuse me, with respect to the bureau's decision to surveil Mr. Page. Now, this is a challenge that we have because these people are spying on us and they're trying to cover their tracks. Now, I think to myself, how, how the heck do we get into this mess? And that was why I wanted to sit down with the great one to discuss that. Check this out. I'm hearing some quote-unquote legal scholars say that we should do this to figure out where the story started. Exactly how did the beginning of Mueller's process, where did he start looking, what's the beginning of his trail? What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts go back to the uh, FISA applications. And we ought, to, we ought to know what are in the FISA applications. And, and the president can have people strip out any classified information. But they ought to find out what it was that Comey signed off on and the others and what it was that was proposed that really was the ball that got this thing rolling. So they ought, they ought to definitely do that. See, this isn't intended to quench the, the partisan thirst of Nadler in the impeachment crowd. Mm-hmm. This is intended to fix what took place because I, I'm of the attitude now that we're going to have to abolish the FISA courts. Because if we mm-hmm. can't get this fixed, they ought not be around because people need to understand the way the FISA court works is the FBI and the Justice Department sign off on these thick documents 
applications. They're sent to these FISA judges who are appointed by Roberts. They are federal district court judges, and they meet in secret, and there's nobody else in there except the government and the court. So the court has to protect the person that's being targeted. These are counterintelligence investigations. So if the court doesn't do its job, that is the judge, then nobody is protecting anyone. So that's why it's very, very important to get to the bottom of this to see truthfully what needs to be done about it, because something does need to be done about it. So there you have it. Mark Levin calling for the abolish meant or abolition i always get that one confused to abolish the fisa court back in march now i think to myself man the the way that they have perverted so many processes in our government is truly disgusting and it brings us to the mess that we're in today where the fisa court has failed you know with their request for this comprehensive evaluation they have previous submissions And people that are watching the courts have been stunned and they've questioned whether enough is being done to deter future misconduct by who? By the FBI, not the FBI as a whole, but the leadership at the FBI, the the rogue actors within the FBI because of their role as bureaucrats first and patriots second. And that's the problem with the swamp is that people would rather be swamp creatures than be patriots. But in the past, the FISA court has gone so far as to prohibit some FBI agents from appearing before the court after finding any type of impropriety. So uh, Congressman Chris Stewart from Utah said this, I'm quoting, the deceptive actions of a few high-ranking officials within the FBI and the Justice Department have eroded the public trust in our federal institutions. And this was just last week when he introduced a bill to reform the FISA court in response to the Horowitz report, the IG report. He, again, quoting for him, they flattened internal guardrails, deceived the FISA court, and irreparably damaged the reputation of an innocent American. And that's the truth. So the FISA stuff is, you know, it's not new news. What's new news is that the court is now leaning on the FBI because even they can't, Uh, dodge the fact that they have their hands dirty. And, you know, you're a fan of the show. The Levinites know that Mark has brought this up because he wrote uh, an amicus brief, friend of the court brief, bringing this to the FISA court's attention. And they never responded until now that they had to because it became public. To me, the overarching problem here, the real big deal, is that they're not acting in the best interest of America. And to me, it's important to act in the best interest of America all the time. It's a non-negotiable. It's a non-starter to start uh, subverting the democracy within our constitutional republic and to abandon your principles and your your own, I want to say, oath to uphold the law. And that's the problem. We're not focused on Americanism. We're focused on self, or at least not us, but these rogue actors within the FBI. Whatever happened to the red, white, and blue? Whatever happened to caring about America? And that's what I want to know. So let's go to the phones, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We got a full call board, but keep trying. You will eventually get in. Right now, we're going to go to BJ in Queens. 
You're on with Rich Valdez. Well, uh, uh, Rich, uh, Mark has an excellent farm team of uh, relief pitchers. Thank you, brother. You it's an honor. certainly one of them. And uh, just like Mark has an excellent, I mean, whether it's you or Dan Bongino, I learned something new. You bring a wonderful perspective about uh, the traditional values I appreciate of, that. of people. And, and we're all the same. You know, I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember what the country was like when Ronald Reagan was president. He was the first one I voted for. I went to school with the secretary, uh, uh, with the, the, the nephew of the secretary of labor. Uh, when and and that man was he when he had to leave that job he was he said where where do I go to get my reputation back oh but you know I have to say something Donald Trump has made it popular to be to fight for what's right and not care what people think about you and he's you see it through all of these challenges that he's that he's occurred uh, since he's become president whether it's this Mueller report or this Kavanaugh silliness. Or this um, uh, this new this new uh, bugaboo, uh, this impeachment uh, baloney, which really isn't an impeachment because the articles weren't served yet. But uh, uh, I want to also tell you very quickly, this uh, AOC. Uh, I don't know what she's now. Doing you're in Queens, so you you you're responsible for this. That's exactly. I tried to warn you, folks. <laughs> I, I I sent the flag up, but no one saw it. Let me tell you something. I don't know why she's in California because she's never around here. Well, that's why because she's in California. Exactly. <laughs> but the guy that she replaced, she her big deal was this guy's never around. Yeah, right. She's she's around less than than Crowley was. He, it was an open secret that the man, uh, at least it was discussed, uh, that the man... The had grass a, isn't uh, always greener. Yeah, and, and exactly. So so she's out there. She's the Eva Perone. She's the reincarnation of Eva Perone. Make no mistake. And when she, you read that, you had that quote going where she said, don't ask us how we're going to pay for it. Ask us how bad we want to pay for it. Just remember, folks, that's your money she's going to pay for it with. That's so, right. You're 100% right, BJ. Yeah, go ahead. Do you have a thought you want to finish? I just want to tell you and your audience, every time I listen to uh, Mark, I learn something. This conversation is so high uh, level. Uh, uh, every one of the callers brings something good to even even the goofy callers once in a while. He has a goofball to get <laughs> well, on there. And we, of course we have to thank our Madam Call Screener for that, who's doing a terrific job. Super. Uh, you're super. Thank you. Uh, and, and Mark, I, I mean, to me, uh, all of his books, he's, he's the best. He's Excellent. Well, thank you, BJ. I appreciate that. BJ from Queens, New York. And uh, Mr. Producer, can we go to one more before we have to uh, jump into the next one? All right. So we're going to go to uh, Derek in Tucson, Arizona. Derek, you're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, how you doing? What's up, brother? What's on your mind? Hey, um, I'm a Democrat, and I, I listen to you. Sorry guys, to hear that. You know, as much. Oh no, Demo- I mean the economy is the economy is thanks to Obama, man. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you this: Did, Last month we had two hundred and sixty-six thousand new jobs created. Was that thanks to Obama? No, the economy is. A- That's right. Well, I mean, let me ask you one more question. We've had every single market indicator, every single one, has broken a record. Was that thanks to Obama? Absolutely. Oh, how so? Well, it's it's additive. Obama added eleven. So Obama hasn't been in office for nearly three and a half years, but somehow something that he magically did way back when is adding jobs right now in the third year of Trump's presidency. Well, 
No, I, I'm saying that... Look, That's right. No market. is the if right answer. At least you got that one right. Because to sit here and pretend that the economy is doing well because of Obama, when he put us into more debt than anybody... Now, listen, I'm not going to give Trump a pass. He's added some debt. But he has balanced that with adding adding jobs, growing the economy. So, I mean, for, for you to call here and pull that card, really not a good look. I know the answer. How many he added? Do you? How many what? Jobs did Obama add? Who cares? He's been out of office for three and a half years. The question well, was, you, you wanted that- to talk about a crime being committed and both sides being polarized. And this is the reason why. When you come out of the gate and you say something that is, I'm going to say not smart, but most people would say stupid. This is what happens. You come out saying stupid things and stupid is as stupid does. Thanks for the call. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I'm Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on Twitter. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, America, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on Twitter. That's Valdez with an S. And uh, we have a lot of calls. I'm really happy to speak with you guys, uh, even if you're like the last guy. I'm happy to speak with you. So I want to go to, let's see. Let's go to caller two, Rick in Morrisville, Vermont. You're on with Rich Valdez. Hi, Rich. Rick. Hey, hey Rick. I just sorry about that. How are you, sir? That we kind of missed the boat just a little bit, and that Bush and Obama do have a lot to do with this economy because they screwed it up so bad. <laughs> and it took a man like Trump to come in and turn everything around. If Hillary had gotten in, shoot, the only people that would have a paycheck are government employees. You know what? You're right. And And it it brings back to what I was saying about government employees is that, you know, oftentimes we don't want to be those guys, right? We don't want to to be a part of the swamp, so to speak. But it's the only way that we're going to be able to combat these terrible policies. If we're not in the room able to to voice our opinion, we can't. And to to your main point that, yes, the economy was screwed up uh, by excessive spending and nothing else coming in from any other angle. So, uh, Rick, I think you're 100% right, and I definitely appreciate your call. This is the issue. You can't go saying that that Trump is is all things bad. You just can't. The f- you're defying the facts. And, and that's – it's just stupid. Uh, but Mike in New York City, you're on with Rich Valdez. Yeah, uh, 
how are you, Richie? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mike. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I'm from the Lower East Side. Uh, I grew up with a lot of Puerto Ricans. So it was mixed. There was no prejudice. Everybody got along together. There were all six, six tenement uh, coves or water flats. Okay, back in the 70s, uh, New York City officials burnt down that area. They must have burnt down over 500 buildings, six-story buildings. That's when Tent City was in Tompkins Square Park. And uh, and uh, Dinkins went in there with the horses. Are oh, you taking and, it back they, to David Dinkins? Yeah, yeah, they chased all the people out. So now the Puerto Ricans woke up. They knew what was going on, even though that's where graffiti started. They, they were they were painting graffiti on oh, the yeah. walls on Pier 64 on 10th Street. All right? So people couldn't understand what was going on. They couldn't speak English. And they all said when Giuliani was running for mayor, they said, oh, everybody vote for uh, Giuliani. Okay, because they knew that the, the Democratic officials were setting these fires, and then the South Bronx got burnt down, and all of a sudden, oh, that's actually where the the saying, right? The Bronx is burning. The Bronx is burning, and you're 100 percent, Mike, and we definitely appreciate it. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. The the um, the issue of Democrats doing the right thing is what I'm talking about, and not only Democrats, Republicans the same. We need to put aside that service of self or service to self and make it service above self focused on america focused on patriotism right living our, our lives in a, the best way we can focusing on whatever god you believe in so to me that's the key that's the key. But again, you're listening to the Mark Levin show. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on Twitter. When we come back, we're going to be getting into your calls. We still have some interesting audio from CNN about Hispanics in Texas and what they're doing with respect to the border wall. So keep it locked right here. I'm Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on Twitter. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. This is Radio Free America on The Mark Levin Show. Call now. 877-381-3811. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Some of you know me as Mr. Call Screener. I am at Rich Valdez on Twitter with an S. And we have a lot of calls and we have a few more topics we want to get through. We've talked about a few things so far. We're going to get into what the Hispanic group is doing at the border. And we're also going to get into some of the sanctuary city stuff related to the Second Amendment. Uh, but I do want to get to your calls because so many of you have been waiting. And I want to get to, let's see, where did it go? Did, did they hang on? What do we do? What do we do? All right. So let's go, let's go with um, the CNN audio. Uh, this is what's happening in southern Texas. Check this out. A group called Border Hispanics for Trump is working to shore up support for the president among Latino voters ahead of the 2020 election. But that can be an uphill battle, especially in the very blue El Paso, Texas. CNN's Nick Valencia has more. 
Are you a member of Border Hispanics yet? No, I'm not. Ray Baca has his work cut out for him. As the chair of the Border Hispanics for Trump, living in the Democratic stronghold of El Paso, his goal is to get Latinos to help reelect the president. But the odds are against him. I'm with Border Hispanics for Trump. How are you? Have you heard of us? As the 65-year-old sees it, there are countless Latinos who support the president, but are afraid to admit it. He hopes to convince them that their values are more in line with the GOP and with Trump. I look at President Trump as the one who most closely represents my values. People will hear that and say, values? You know, what values does the president have? So when you say that, what do you mean? I mean supporting things that I support, like uh, being against abortion, uh, being for limited government involvement, being for border security. Border security, limited government involvement, individual responsibility, hard work, faith. These are the things that matter to so many Americans, including Latinos, including Hispanos, right? So what is all of that mean? Now, there was a call that I wanted to get to. They weren't there, but we have another person that I wanted to speak with because their story, I think, is an interesting one. Natalia in Phoenix, Arizona, you're on with Rich Valdez. How are you? Hi, Rich. So what do you think about what we just heard about values in the Hispanic community matching up with this uh, Hispanics for Trump at the border? Well, this topic I'm very interested in uh, because uh, I am a Latino immigrant myself. I wasn't born in this country. And as you mentioned, you know, right now we're literally fighting against these Marxist socialist politicians that want to take and destroy this beautiful country. And in regards to the border, we Latinos have to be for the border because what is the main um, main victim of this crisis that is happening at the border? They are Latinos, mainly yeah. the most vulnerable, the most innocent, the children and the women. So we are we have to be interested in what's happening at the border, and we need to support President Trump in and his agenda. You're 100% right. And this is kind of what I said before, that Democrats and mainly their policies are the enemy of Americans of Hispanic descent. Exactly. Uh, We as Latinos conservatives, we need to help other Latinos uh, to leave this ideology, this Marxist ideology, and embrace our conservative values. And I say or because I'm pretty sure you know already because you're, you're Puerto Rican. Or values really are representing, represented in the conservative movement, in the conservative morals. And I can tell you, I see, uh, I'm very hopeful because I've seen a, a real big change, a real big response since in the last year. Um, I can say that the Latino community is in fact waking up to the lies, deception, and the manipulation tactics of the left. I, I agree. I mean, we look at so many different people that are movers and shakers in the conservative conservative movement, like Charlie Kirk, Morgan Zegers, Candace Owens, and folks like you and Jesse Holguin and people that are involved in the Latino exit or the Lexit movement. And it's really encouraging to see so much of the energy and excitement coming out of the work that so many activists are doing, in particular Hispanic uh, Latino activists like yourself. Thank you very much. And I want to tell you one thing, and this this message goes directly to AOC. Since you've been speaking about AOC, we Latinos don't want socialism. I don't care how popular AOC thinks she is among Latinos. 
And I tell you why. Because the reality is that we Latinos know more than anybody what it's like to live under dictatorship, under tyranny, under socialism. I mean, is the whole reason why we fled our native countries to come here to the USA in the first place. The land of opportunities, the land of freedom, the land of capitalism. And many people don't like to hear this, but I'm going to say it because it needs to be said. We came here to find a functional republic where life, liberty, and private property are protected, are respected. And I love what you said earlier uh, during the show that we need to, when are we going to stop minding our own business and start doing something about it? When are we going to start becoming active? Because this is the fight that we need to be fighting. And we need to realize that all voices are critical. And if you're a Latino and conservative, your voice is especially critical during this time. Because many Latinos, you know, they own, the only source of information is Univision and Telemundo. And you might be the only source of truth that they have. Well, thank you so much for saying that. And I agree. There are, and not that I, I'm their only source, but that the movement brings out new truths, things that are not available to everybody through Univision, through CNN. And despite this story coming from CNN, I think they're, they may be turning a new leaf. Sometimes they just can't ignore the reality. They can't ignore the facts. It's so important that we focus on America and, and helping everybody that is coming in the right way, putting in their time, doing what is necessary to become an American, that we help them towards the American dream, because that's what we're all here for, is the American dream. So, Natalia, we thank you for your call. I definitely appreciate that. Again, our phone number here, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. And uh, let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Now, Jimmy, what's going on, brother? Yeah, man, this is great. That that woman was great. I tell you, anybody running for office should hire that woman you just spoke with. <laughs> Articulate, yeah. bright. And I, I agree don't know with if you. I'm allowed to say this anymore. She sounded cute as hell. Uh oh, I mean, security! Somebody call security. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, Jimmy? I see that you wanted to bring up a point. Yeah, you're not. Are you on the air now? We're on the air live. Millions oh, and millions gosh. of Americans. Okay, listen, we need to make more anti-communists. The year 2020 should be the year of stand against communism. If we don't have more anti-communists, we can't win these battles, because fighting the battles between Democrat and Republican and conservative and liberal, that's the surface. It's the communist movement behind it, like your last caller seemed to understand. So the, the communists are highly organized. You know, when you, when you go out of your house, you drive on a highway, you cross a bridge. Those bridges and highways didn't just be there. It took years of planning. It took expertise. It took money. It took technicians, engineers, people to design it. Well, that's how communist revolutions are. It's highly organized, highly trained, and now it's out in the open. So we have to do a massive education of the people, because even if we get our good people elected, they could lose the next election. So the soil, the American population, we have to sprout up 
not only to love America, but to understand the enemy. And if you can't understand the enemy, it's hard to counter it. If the blacks and Hispanics and the women and the youth of all of these groups knew how they were specifically targeted with well-thought-out plans by the most brilliant, diabolical people ever, if these people could ever find that truth, and you could find it in the communist writing. Now, when you say these evil geniuses that you're talking about, you're talking about Marx and his protégés like Mao and Stalin and Lenin, right? Yeah, and, and the Soviets in between. So the com we talk about our founding fathers and how they gave us a great country. Well, the communists have their founding fathers. It's like a race, a, let's say a relay race. So Marx died, he passed the baton on to Lenin. Lenin died, he passed the... And it gets passed on and on and on. So in the 1960s, when we had the new left, that was just a continuation of the old left. Now we're going through this phase of the new, new left. This is all going back to Marx. It goes back to Soviet indoctrination. The Soviet cadres built the vanguard. The vanguard built the mass movement. They teach we have to reach Hispanics because of their desires as Hispanics. We've got we to reach and lead the women because of their aspirations as women. The same with the gays, the blacks, the Muslims, and everything. What's called identity politics now was actually the all-people's front. You lead people according to their race and ethnicity, and you bind them together. So that'll be Afro-Leninism. And I think you're, you bring up a really interesting point, because this is tried-and-true tactics that have worked for, I'm going to call them communist revolutionaries, for, for decades. They, they've always used this, and it all boils down back to Karl Marx, right, the evil genius who said, you know, let's separate everybody into class, into strata. Let's create these, these uh, divide-and-conquer types of groups. And in creating these groups, this is how he gets one set to turn on the other set. And it's just, it's the same old trick, but yet people seem to still fall for it. There's another thing that we keep falling for. In Soviet history, they write about it. They had five false collapses in their history. And they write about it. They collapse in order for their, for their movement to grow. Do you think we could have communists running for president now if, we had a, had a, if the people knew there was a massive communist threat? Well, I mean, so we've got Bernie Sanders. And a good old, you know, I like to say he's AOC's communist grandpa. And Bernie Sanders, I mean, he is as unabashedly communist sympathizing as it comes. He... He literally is like in love with the idea of the Soviet structure. I mean, it just it blows me away the way he has embraced and endorsed so much of what they've done. And Jimmy, we definitely appreciate your call. You're always a, a pleasure to speak with. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about the new or the latest poll that we heard about on CNN. That and more. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I'm Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on Twitter. Mark Levin. All right, America, welcome back to The Mark Levin Show. Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one. 
as he takes uh, this time off to be with his family and celebrate Hanukkah and New Year's. Now, we were talking about all of the different things that go into people stepping up and stepping out like this gentleman, Baca, down in the southern border, who is putting a group together, or he's put a group together, called Hispanics, uh, Border Hispanics for Trump. And the focus there is, of course, protecting the border and highlighting the natural affinity that so many Hispanics and Latinos have with the conservative movement. Uh, Individual responsibility, individual liberty is key so that we can be free to have our own faith and protect our families. So all of that being said, Every now and again, you you come across somebody who, rather than add to the conversation, wants to detract from the conversation. So I want to go to caller two, Ross in Westchester. Um, every now and again, we have a constitutional illiterate that calls in, and it's our job to help them. So, Ross, you're on with Rich Valdez on The Mark Levin Show. Thanks, Rich. It's R-U-S-S. All right, Ross, I'll take that, too. What's going on? What's on your mind? Well, what I wanted to ask you, Rich, if you can see how some of us see these articles of impeachment functioning as an order of protection to safeguard our Well, you're right, 100% right. The articles of impeachment, to impeach any president, has always been to protect the country from a president that's committed high crimes and misdemeanors. The problem that we have here is that nothing that President Trump has done rises to that occasion well we don't we don't know yet rich it's a rolling impeachment and we have to protect ourselves (laughs) a rolling i like that one a rolling impeachment yeah it's a rolling impeachment and one thing you said earlier this week uh rich about democrats and they never call out anti-semitism i never said that i never said that now you're putting words in my mouth Sorry, i misunderstood but i just want to ask you where are the KKK, the David? Oh, Trump? so you're one of those <laughs> mega troll here, everybody. <laughs> he wanted to troll on impeachment. I was, I took the bait because you know every now and again, like I said, you get a constitutional illiterate, and it's our job to help them. It's our job to help them see the light, even if they don't accept it. But that's how it goes sometimes. Every now and again, you get these people, and, and this is what happens with the colleges, right? Right now, we have colleges that are corrupting the minds of young Americans. These young Americans are getting into government and media, and some of them become Russ, Russ from White Plains or Westchester. And if you don't believe me, just just look at that call or look at AOC or look at Bernie Sanders as an example to see that they don't have America, America's best interest at the top of their mind within their hearts It's not what their mission is. So, again, we need to step up. We need to go way beyond the ballot box. We need to do more than we've ever done. I'm talking about doing. I'm talking about create an organization. Get out there and start banging on some doors. Get on the radio. Start a podcast. Get on TV. You need to do more. Move to a state. That's a whole other topic that we're going to bring up. How do you think we got Beto? How do you think we got AOC? There are so many hipsters and millennials that are moving from all over America into certain districts just to win over those districts. So we've got a lot, a lot, a lot that we have to get to in this upcoming hour. And I don't want you to leave because we've got Second Amendment sanctuary cities. We've got the rest of the impeachment story. There's a whole lot to talk about there. We've got comments from Mitch McConnell. We've got... Okay, we can do that too. I was getting something in my ear and I think that was actually a great topic. So let's go with Jerry in Evansville. You're on with Rich Valdez on The Mark Levin Show. Yes. Hey, Rich. Uh, yeah, this is Jerry. And um, I just want to make a few comments real quick. First of all, to Italia 
and also to uh, Jimmy from Brooklyn. God bless both of you. And, um, you know, I'm not alone in the world. In America, you think exactly like I do, and I'd shake your hands if I could. Ah, thank you, Jerry. Yeah, and I also wanted to make a a comment, uh, basically to AOC real quick, and then I want to make another comment real quick to the Latino Yeah, you got 40 seconds. Okay, okay, AOC. Uh, uh, Nobody owes you anything. If you want something, you work hard for it, and you educate yourself, you train yourself. If you want to earn more money, then you, you, you continue educating and training yourself to make more money. Nobody owes anyone anything in this country. That's what I'm hearing is a lack of work, work ethic. I was raised with the ideas of paying yourself first, staying out of debt, and... and um, uh, I think you're 100% right. And when we come back, you're going to hear again from the great one on his thoughts on impeachment, because I think it's critical that we start there and we work our way forward. I'm Rich Valdez, filling in for the great one. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, America, welcome back. Merry Christmas. I am Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S on social media, also known as Mr. Call Screener, your liberty-loving Latino amigo from the backup bunker, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, here at Mark's flagship affiliate, the great WABC, right here in New York City. And I was thrilled when Mr. Producer told me that Mark, the great one, had chosen me to sit in for him and guest host this show tonight. So, the Democrats are trying to overthrow President Trump. And that's not me. That's former independent counsel Ken Starr. Now, you guys know Ken Starr. You've seen him around. But he's best known for heading the investigation into members of the Clinton administration. And obviously that led into the impeachment from the Whitewater. It was was a big deal back in the 90s. And he's talking about an abuse of power. And it's important because, you know, we we can't just impeach a president because we don't like him. We can't just impeach a president because we think that they're a hue of orange and we don't like what he says. We don't like that he tweets. We don't like the fact that Trump is brash. Well, that's your problem if you don't like it. But the reality is he is the president. The reality is Donald Trump won an electoral college landslide. He did. He beat out the mob. Mobocracy did not succeed because of our Constitution, because of our electoral college. But now they couldn't beat him fair and square, so now they want to do it by hook or by crook. And we've seen it. They've changed the rules time and time again. Anytime they don't like something, the Democrats have gone and changed the rules. We saw it with the spying that people want to say is not spying, but we saw it there. We saw it with the Mueller report and investigation. And now we're seeing it with impeachment. So former Judge Ken Starr, former independent counsel, he sat down with Mark Levin. And you've heard this before, but I want to play it again because I want to set the table for what we're going to talk about right now, which is impeachment. Check this out. 
And now we have Nancy Pelosi, after this vote is taken, this one-sided vote is taken, who holds up the impeachment and says, you know, under the House rules, I don't have to appoint managers right now. And Professor Lawrence Tribe of Harvard has told her, hold it up so you can mm-hmm. get McConnell to do what they want him to do in the Senate. What do you make of all this? It is a lesson and a nasty lesson in how not to do uh, impeachment. It's an example of raw power being exercised, and the Constitution vests sole power in the House of Representatives. She seized power that I think belonged to the House of Representatives as a body, all 435 or 431, a few absentee folks these days. She seized power on September 24th. She unilaterally, without a debate in the House, and the House is supposed to be a deliberative body, that's really what the rules are designed to promote, orderly, procedurally sensible decision-making. She just said, here it is. Nancy Pelosi is unilaterally trying to steal an election. She's trying to nullify each and every one of our votes. This is really what's going on. Ken Starr isn't kidding when he's saying that this is a gross abuse of power, and it is. And I think Pelosi knows it. Pelosi has realized that she done messed it up. And because of that, she's holding out now. She's like, what do we got to do? Hold on. It's kind of like when you're in a boxing if, a boxing match or if you guys have ever done any boxing or even watch boxing. If you're boxing, you get tired. What are you going to do? You're going to try and get to the, to the ropes to lean on your opponent. When you're leaning on your opponent, A, it's harder for them to punch you because they can't reach you. And B... You're leaning on them, so you're getting rest. You're catching a breather at their expense. That's exactly what Nancy Pelosi's doing right now. She's trying to lean on Trump so that she can catch a breather. It's like when, you know, the referee's saying holding, no holding, trying to break them up because she's holding on. She's literally trying to bear hug Trump. Why? Because she's out of moves. She's out of moves, and she wants to drag this out. They have been doing this whole thing by poll. P-O-L-L, poll. They poll every step of the way what's the best way to do it. They started out, as you well know, because as Mark always says, this is the most intelligent audience in radio, and I not only uh, know it firsthand, but I think you guys do too. They have polled everything. They started off with extortion. A little too heavy-handed. People didn't buy it, so they said, all right, you know what, let's change it to uh, uh, bribery. Now we got bribery. We've moved from bribery to quid pro quo. They took it to the Latin to try and confuse everybody. And when that didn't work, they said, you know, let's just stick with abuse of power. That sounds legit. People will buy that. The problem is this, what they're calling an abuse of power, which they've actually created an article of impeachment for, doesn't meet the standard in the Constitution. And, and it, it kills me that we're even having this conversation. They're trying to destroy the strongest economy we've had in 50 years. They're trying to destroy the lowest levels of unemployment we've had since they've started measuring them, at least for Hispanics and blacks. They are trying to destroy every good thing that President Trump has done. And it's a lot of things, but they're trying to destroy it because they're like, damn, how did he pull it off? We've been hitting him since day one from the left, from the right, every angle. And he still manages to pull out a win. And they hate it. They hate it. This is why they're after him. 
this is exactly why. Our phone number, if you want to weigh in, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. And I want to, I want to go to the next uh, clip that we have of Ken Starr breaking this down. Check this out. This impeachment, I, I can't even sometimes get my hands around exactly what this man's being impeached for. They can talk about interfering with an election. He didn't tell the Ukrainians to interfere with an election. They can talk about whether they liked the phone call or not. They can talk about bribery all they want. When you look at the bare bones of the constitutional language and the history of impeachments as applies to presidents, we have never seen anything like this before. Nothing close. Take the abuse of power, Article 1, and then lay that alongside the abuse of power article and the three-prong Nixon impeachment. A fair-minded person, when he or she reads the Nixon abuse of power, oh my word, you say, this guy's got to go. If this is true, and it largely was, he's got to go. You read this, and it essentially is rhetoric. And it's characterization, and I would say, this is one person's reading, I think it's a very unfair characterization of the transcript itself. And then it is a particular interpretation of the facts that followed while ignoring exculpatory facts. So I think the judge, Ken Starr, is nailing it right now, nailing the hitting the nail on the head. They ignored the exculpatory facts. They're continuing to hit them. This whole process is bizarre, and that's, of course, from Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News Channel, Mark's uh, number one rated show on Sundays, Life, Liberty, and Levin with uh, Mark Levin and Ken Starr. Now, I want to know what you think about this. 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We have a full call board, so we're going to take a couple of calls. I want to go with Greg in uh, Luton, Virginia, who's been on for a little bit. What's going on, Greg? Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. And first of all, I want to thank you and everybody else that we can't hear or see behind the scenes that make Mark's show possible. I know Mark's the man, but you guys are doing a just a bang-up job to help thank all, you, sir. Of it's our, kind of you. all of us out. Yes, sir. So my point about impeachment was um, I never really understood the the reason behind it at all. Because, you know, if my president is over in a country and there's somebody who is corrupt, whether their last name is Biden or Jones or whoever the heck they are, I don't care. Now, especially if it's the former vice president and his son um, that are uh, doing corrupt things over there, why wouldn't we want to know that? Yeah, and more importantly, what is it? I mean, and, and putting those guys aside for a moment, what is it that Trump has done to be impeached? That's the, well, they're saying that he tried to uh, get dirt on his political rival. Well, who doesn't do that during an election? <laughs> exactly. It's an it's excellent point. That's exactly what you do when you're trying to win an election. And, Greg, we definitely appreciate your call. That's the truth. Who doesn't try to dig up dirt? But not saying that that is what the president did. The point that I'm getting at is the things that they go at are so frivolous. They would try to make breathing illegal so they could say, look, Trump was breathing. He's guilty. We must impeach him. And if they could do it, they probably would. Let's go to Wyoming to our buddy Michael. Michael, you're on with Rich Valdez on The Mark Levin Show. All right, Michael, I guess <laughs> I hear lots of Michael. Michael, are you there? Uh, yes, sorry. <laughs> Dealing with something. I just had a quick question. I can take it off the air. Well, um, you're on the so air with millions of Americans, so make it count. 
I'm sorry about that. Um, so if when and if Nancy Pelosi does send everything to the Senate and it goes through, he's probably going to be acquitted. If he gets acquitted, doesn't that make his first term in office null and void? So technically he could run for presidency in 2024 as well. Yeah, well, the whole null and void thing is something that I think uh, Senator McConnell would have to put into play. But the reality is the joke that's going on right now, the ongoing joke is how long are they going to impeach the president? And the answer is five years, right? They're going to impeach him for the rest of this year and four more years of what's left of his second term because he's going to get reelected even if he's impeached uh, at this point. He's going to win. They don't have a candidate. Right now, the latest headline says, okay, so Bernie Sanders is breaking away from the pack. He's moving into this first place. You dump Biden. You pick up Buttigieg as a VP. And there you have your, your, you know, old and young, your far left and your pseudo moderate Bernie Buttigieg. I don't think that that's a winning ticket versus Trump because I personally think with Bernie and Buttigieg, I think Trump is going to have a field day with those guys in the debate. If you thought that he mopped the floor with the last crew, imagine what he's going to do with those two. But again, our phone number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. And I'd like to go to Roland in West New York, New Jersey. Roland, you're on with Rich Valdez. This is the Mark Levin Show. Rich. We're very proud of you. You're doing such a good job. Thank you, Professor. Rich, I wonder if you have uh, any comments. Have you noticed um, how um, the very same group of people who are accusing Trump of being in cahoots with Russia, the very same group of people who actually applauded Trump, um, I'm sorry, Obama, for um, uh, recognizing and legitimizing the dictatorship of the Castro brothers in, in Cuba, a regime that persecutes gays, uh, who has very little representation of Afro-Cubans and very little representation of uh, women. I don't want to prolong my comments. No, I and, I, and I get the gist of your point, Professor, and you're right. It's the same media, it's the same academics and academia that, you're right, they prop up the Democrats for embracing the communist policies, the dictatorship in Cuba that has trampled on so many of the people, especially their quote-unquote protected classes of the left. And this is my problem with the left. I mean, in and of itself, I have a problem with the left because the left is just kind of weird and crazy and doesn't really promote things. It's more destructive than anything. But many of them are not real-deal ideologues. AOC is one, in my opinion. She believes everything she's saying. But there are so many that just do this to go along and get along. And uh, Professor Roland DeLume, we thank you for your call. Our phone number here, 877-381-3811. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on Twitter. Mark Levin. America. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. My name is Rich Valdez. You know me as Mr. Call Screener, and I am sitting in for the great one tonight. Our phone number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. And we're talking about impeachment and Trump and the craziness of Pelosi's weak case for impeachment. And here's a little bit from Trump in Florida. Check this out. Are you concerned Pelosi will hold up the articles of impeachment indefinitely? 
Well, all I know is my poll numbers are the highest they've ever been. Our fundraising in the Republican Party is the highest it's ever been. Uh, she hates the Republican Party. She hates all of the people that voted for me and the Republican Party. And she's desperate to do. Look, she got thrown out as speaker once before. She lost like 63 seats, 61 or 63. Tremendous, a record-setting number of seats. I think it's going to happen again. She's doing a tremendous disservice to the country. Uh, she's not doing a good job. And some people think that she's uh, she doesn't know what she's doing. A lot of people think that. A lot of people have said it. They had no evidence at all. They had no crime. We had 196 or so Republicans voting 100%. We didn't lose one Republican vote in the House. We had three Democrats come over to our side, and two in another instance, two in an additional instance. So the only bipartisan aspect of this entire impeachment scam, illegitimate impeachment, is the fact that Democrats broke with their party to side with Trump. To side with the Constitution, to side with the American people, to side with you and me. Our phone number is 877-381-3811. Let's go to Randy in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Randy, you're talking to Rich Valdez on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, Rich. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you, sir. In. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, my, my point I wanted to make is the impeachment um, it kind of follows a logical flow, just like any other, um, it, it follows due process, just like anywhere else in the justice system. Uh, if you take a regular court case, it follows due process. Yeah, and you're and saying the presumption of innocence. The, the, presumption, the presumption of innocence. And what uh, Nancy Pelosi and Congress did was, essentially, it's like having a jury uh, give a, uh, a guilty verdict and then put it on hold before they hand it to the judge and then try to go out and look for evidence. You know, and, and on Life, Liberty, and Levin, Alan Dershowitz mentioned that it was indeed like Soviet Russia, where they said, show me the man and I will find you the crime. So again, our phone number is 877-381-3811. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I'm Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on Twitter. Stick with us right here. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. All right. Welcome back, America. I am Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Our phone number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Now, uh... Two things. One, that cut that we just played, that that uh, liner of tough as hell, <laughs> right? I was there. It was so cool. You know, President Trump, it was CPAC uh, 2019. President Trump comes out. Uh, God bless the USA is playing. He hugs the flag. You've probably seen this picture a million times. They took it that day. And, you know, Mark and I were speaking just prior to that. And he took his seat, and I, I was uh, watching as the president comes out, and he says, I need to watch what I say because Mark Levin is here. And Mark Levin, boy, he's tough. He's tough as hell. I love him. Some people don't, but I love him. He's tough as hell. And it was just a great uh, a great moment for me. Obviously, you know, um, working with Mark Levin shows Mr. Call Screener every day, it's great to see that the president is calling out your boss. And um, just kudos to Mark and kudos to the president for the great job he's doing. But 
We just heard from the president. The president was talking about the... All right, I have to stop here because you know why? I'm looking at Mr. Producer laughing up a storm with Madam Call Screener, Jen Ramirez, and they're laughing at me because I've got wet paper towels hanging off my head because it's legit like 105 degrees in the studio. Now, I love sunny South Florida more than the next guy, and we are 17 floors above Madison Square Garden here in New York City. Definitely not summer right now, but as they're working on the air conditioning... It's hot in here. But speaking of hot, Trump was making some fire comments at his uh, press conference that he had in um, Florida when he made those comments with, with Nancy Pelosi. And it, it, I found it interesting because even CNN can't back away from this, right? Nancy Pelosi had to hit the brakes, skirt, 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 right? Why? Because even as I was walking through Penn Station here uh, in New York City, I was walking past the Bagalini kiosk, I heard two people that I would easily identify as New York liberals, and they were saying, then what's the point? What is the point of impeaching Trump if they can't get him out of office and he can run again? And when your base is thinking that, you know that you've messed it up. So I want to get into this poll on CNN because that's how they do everything. They poll everything. Listen to this uh, audio from uh, CNN talking about Trump's latest poll. Back in October, Biden was up by 10, so his lead has been cut in half. Bernie Sanders was up by nine. His lead has been by cut more than in half. And Warren was up eight, and now she's only up one. And Buttigieg was up six, and now he is down one. This is massive movement towards the president of the United States at least in our poll, at this particular point. Do we have any sense of why? Yeah, okay. Yeah, hold on so a second. I, <laughs> I love that part, right? <laughs> that part's terrific. Do we have any 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 sense of why? <laughs> they, they're falling apart at CNN. He's got the big screen in front of him. He's leaning over. He's really enthusiastically trying to break down a poll on TV, which, again, it may not be easy to sell numbers to a viewing audience. But he's doing the best he can. And, and that's uh, Harry Enten, right? But... They go into, but, but do we have any sense of why? They can't, they can't deal with it. Key reasons why that is. So take a look at how economic conditions are in the country today. And what we see, we have all the way going back to 2000. And look at this. Most of the time over the last decade, we've, most people have said we have poor economic conditions. But take a look now. Now most people say that in fact we have good economic conditions. Oh 70 snap, good economic conditions. 76%, go ahead of the country say we have good economic conditions, just 22% say we have poor. That is, in fact, the best numbers that we've had since the beginning of not just this past decade, but the last decade. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I, that's like music to my ears when, when CNN has to say that Trump's... Uh, CNN is saying that Trump has the best numbers, not only of this decade, but of the last decade. As we go into a new decade... To me, this is terrific. I mean, Trump has literally forced the hand of CNN to be honest. He's forced them to be honest because you know what? There's a rapper that I grew up listening to, Jay-Z, and he has a quote. It says, men and women lie, but numbers don't. And that's the facts right here. People are earning more under Trump. Wages have gone up. The economy is expanding. How can people try to sidestep that i don't know because not even cnn can do it but again our phone number is 877-381-3811 i want to jump into a quick call from leonardo in nutley new jersey leonardo you're on with rich valdez and for the great one 
Hi, Rich. Uh, you're doing a great job. Mark's got some bullpen there uh, behind him. Um, I wanted to say that uh, Mark Levin is the greatest living uh, argument for human cloning. I love him <laughs> just like the president. God uh, bless you. And, uh, you know, like Candace Owens is with Lexit, I got to take the B away and make you in charge of Lexit. Oh, gosh. For, you know, uh, I actually am the Lexit spokesman for New York, so I do appreciate that. Oh, okay. Well, we're definitely on the same wavelength. Your boxing analogy was perfect, right? Ran out of moves and is leaning on the president just to uh, try not only... The reason the, the ref breaks it up is because it does uh, usurp or an attempt to usurp power from the boxer that's being leaned on. And uh, the timing, it's just pure political, uh, perfect evil timing by the Wicked Witch of the West because you have this long break with Christmas and New Year's, and, you know, by the way, Bona Natal to you and your family. Thank you, brother. Feliz Navidad. I, um, I, I just say that, uh, you know, that long, uh, uh, the advantage for them is that the lamestream media gets to just replay the narrative, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the ref here has got to be uh, McConnell. He's got to uh, just break it up, and, uh, and Mark is right. He should just dismiss it. Uh, I am an attorney, and, uh, you know, there's a, a defense called latches, uh, which is uh, undue delay. Uh, well, it's kind of um, like the old saying, right? Um, justice delayed is justice denied. And Leonardo, we definitely appreciate your call. Leonardo is always a good caller calling in from Nutley, New Jersey, where I did live just by Holy Family Church. So big shout out to everybody in Nutley. But I want to go into a quote uh, that we've got from Michael Moore. Now, you guys know Michael Moore. For decades, he's been making these movies from Roger and Me to Fahrenheit 9. 11 to the uh, uh, sicko. To, I mean, there's so many that he's made, but he was one of the few on the left that actually predicted that Donald Trump would win. And he was spot on in his analysis. Listen to what he's got to say. Check this out. The problem is, is that he will, if the vote were today, I believe he would win the electoral states that he would need because living out there, I will tell you his level of support has not gone down one inch. Mm. In fact, I'd say it's even more rabid uh, than it was before because they're afraid now. They're afraid he could lose because they watched his behavior. So they are they are they are voracious in their appetite for Donald Trump. That's that's the bad news. The good news is, again, number one, never forget there's more of us than there are of them. The majority of the American people agree with us. Seventy percent of the voters next year are women, people of color, and young adults. Okay? All that on our side. So what we have to do is we have to make sure we don't give them another Hillary Clinton to vote for. Yeah, well, Michael Moore is right again. Trump's going to win. I think Trump has a, a good grasp of the electoral states that he needs to win. And he's right. Are they giving us another Hillary Clinton? They're giving us better. They might give us Bernie, Bernie Sanders, right? He's communist light. That may be what we get along with Pete Buttigieg, uh, like the leave it to beaver of the Democrat Party. So the communist grandpa and leave it to beaver are going to join forces to take on Donaldus Magnus and Vice President Pence. It's a matchup I can't wait to see. But this is what the Democrat Party is doing. And again, our phone number is 877-381-3811. We've got calls from California, from Oregon, from all over the country. I want to go to Peggy in Lake Ellisnore, California. You're on with Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one. 
I'm hey. so pleased to be talking to you. I'm so pleased to be talking to you. Likewise. <laughs> My pleasure. What's on your mind, Peggy? Uh, well, I have two. I have two thoughts. First thought is I really believe that the, um, the House of Representatives, they're really trying to remove the president, period. Just remove the um, elective body completely. You're saying to rule be by fiat and have a king? Ex- ex- no, no. I think they want to have the, um, the Congress have the rule, have the power, and keep the power. Yeah, I think you're, you're right. This is exactly what they're doing. They want to totally reverse everything that the people have voted for by forgetting the people, putting themselves in that position of power, and doing what they feel like doing. Exactly. And then the other thing that I'm that I was thinking about over the last couple of weeks is they're they're constantly talking about you know socialism and um, you know having um, you know Medicare for for all. And uh, what has anybody made any kind of comments at all in regards to if we could, went into that kind of a system? What would happen with all of our retirements? What would happen with us people who want to retire, you know, in, in a you know, healthy, you know, uh, enjoy, joyous way, as opposed to being, you know, in, almost impoverished? Well, I think you're right. And, and this is why I think something the president is working to address, the fact that people's retirement accounts and 401ks are going up. But it's something the Democrats, they literally don't care about your retirement. They care about their thirst for power. And this is the problem. And I hate to use the blanket statement of the Democrats. I'm sure there's a, a handful of good ones out there, maybe even more that are just being led through the nose by the real radical progressives that have hijacked their party. Because this wasn't always like this. It's just they've let in a really toxic progressive group that is usurping what the Democrat Party once was. And it's it's based on hatred. And again, our phone number 877-381-3811. Let's go to Lori in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Lori. Hi, Rich. Thanks for taking my phone call. Um, what I had to say was piggybacked on what uh, Peggy from California was just saying uh, you were talking earlier about the hatred for Trump and you have to wonder you know uh, why this deep-seated hatred for him and you you just wonder you know where did this come from and I don't think it's just based on their power um, I think that's part of it and if you go back to Lois Lerner when she was targeting uh, conservative groups um, and ruining their abilities to make their livelihoods, destroying their businesses uh, through the IRS, uh, their power, nothing was said in Washington. You didn't hear anything. And when you have that kind of unjust situation and no other branches, no one, the vice president, the president isn't talking about it, you know that corruption goes deep and it goes wide. You're 100% right. And and it reminds me of this old saying, and I was just telling this to my daughter the other day, and I want to give a quick shout-out to both my daughters. I know they're both listening. Big shout-out to Julissa Chachi and to Jada, my Yorda. I love you guys very much. But the quote that I'm thinking of is, all that you need for evil, you know, all that is necessary for evil to succeed is for good people to do nothing. 
And at best, that's what happened when Obama was in office and Lois Lerner was taking people to town, taking them out behind the woodshed and beating them down with the IRS, you know, unfairly targeting conservative groups. But the other side of it is it could be more nefarious. It could have been intentional. It could have been the weaponization of the IRS specifically to get at conservatives, which is more disgusting. And I think we've seen that continue into the higher ranks of the FBI straight through the impeachment process. So, again, you're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on Twitter. The number here, 877-381-3811. Stick with us. We're coming right back. Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on Twitter, and I am sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Now, speaking of Mark Levin, if you're enjoying this program, you can listen to the Mark Levin Show on the Mark Levin app, and you can also get the Mark Levin podcast there at marklevinshow.com. But if that's not easy enough, you can just go to your podcast app and subscribe to the Mark Levin Show podcast. And if you uh, like podcasts, I happen to have one, so check it out. It's This Is America with Rich Valdez. You can learn all about it at richvaldez.com or on Twitter at richvaldez with an S. But I want to get into Second Amendment sanctuary cities before we go, because I promised this all night and that this show flies by. I mean, this is the fastest three hours. I'm pretty sure you've heard that on talk radio, but it really is. This It feels like time is just flying by. And we're going to get to as many calls as we can. We've got callers from Connecticut and California and Queens, New York. And the sheriff over in Virginia that's getting all of the headlines and good for him. Kudos to him for being a great patriot who said that he's going to deputize citizens if these ridiculous laws, which, uh, you know, you Google gun confiscation, you're going to find these laws where they're trying to outlaw existing guns, anything less than that, anything that has a magazine of 10 rounds or, or more is going to be outlawed and you're going to have to hand it in and, you know, buy yourself a new gun. This is sheer insanity. So to combat that, he's saying, you know what, to... Pr- uphold my my oath to the constitution i'm going to deputize private citizens and i think it's a very clever idea but listen to what he had to say on fox and friends how would you deputize anybody who would like to be um a sheriff is allowed to deputize full-time part-time as well as auxiliary deputy sheriffs and uh that's something i I hope will not have to come to pass but uh if the legislature does pass the bills that they intend, and that's likely to happen in Culpeper. So what are the Democrats in the legislature, what are they proposing? Many of the things you saw from the Clinton era uh, era gun ban, uh, high capacity magazines, as well as the so-called assault weapons, as they describe them, and many other things as well. And that, that, that doesn't even include the red flag laws that may be included as well. So that's what's going on. They're trying to fight The unconstitutionality or what they view to be the unconstitutionality, and I agree with them, of this package of bills that Governor Northam is putting into place. And Governor Northam is putting this into place because Mike Bloomberg has thrown a ton of money at this. But 
we are running out of time, so I want to quickly address Bobby. We're not going to be able to get to your call, but I will tell you, somebody probably dropped you on your head, so I'm going to help you. Gallup poll, December 18th. Trump's numbers are up. Impeachment is down. You could check that out. That's just a fact. Now, in my family, we have the Valdez family. There are two generations that have served in the NYPD. So in true Mark Levin fashion, I want to thank so many of the first responders that are out there and every patriot that's put on a uniform to serve this country. It's been my absolute pleasure to be with you this evening to discuss all of these different issues with you. And again, Matthew and John and Dave, I'm sorry that I couldn't get to your calls, but I am Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one. God bless you and have an excellent new year. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.